0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. Riding along on self-will alone is like driving at night without the lights on. You hope it's going to be a straight line for a little while and nothing standing in the road like a cow or a, or another car or Maybe like that telephone pole that jumped out in front of you. Because, right, you were not swerving at all. Recovery is a group team effort. You cannot go it alone. You shouldn't go it alone. And you should most definitely be able to rely on something greater than yourself. Because when we let self-will run riot, only bad things can happen. Let's hear what Joe and Charlie have to say about self-will.
1: Hearing anything about you became an absolute living hell also. He said, just think, if God could direct your will, maybe it would become better. And he said, if your will becomes better, then surely your actions would become better. And he said, if your actions become better, then surely your life and the life of all those around you who care for you would become better also. He said, Charlie left on your own resources You don't stand a chance. He said, left on your own resources, you'll continue to think the way you've always thought. You'll continue to do the same things you've always done. You'll continue to be filled with restlessness, irritability, and discontent, shame, fear, guilt, and remorse, and you won't feel good, and sooner or later, you'll go back to drinking in order to feel better. He said, if you are to exist, you're going to have to make this decision. Put it to me in such a manner that I just simply could not resist. Going ahead with step three, today I realize that we human beings are the only thing on earth that's faced with this decision. As far as we know, nothing else on earth has self-will. As far as we know, all the other animals, all the other plants are God-directed, and there's only two wills, God's will and human will. And we're the only ones that are ever faced with this decision. And by the way, we're the only ones that ever get into serious trouble, too. Yeah. You know, I've never seen a tree hit a car yet. <laughs> it, just, it just can't do that to, under God's direction. See. And we're the only ones that are really faced with this decision. You know, there's another little story that goes in, a, in another book, a great big, big, thick book. That other big book. It's a mighty good book, too. They probably need to change some of the stories in the back of it. But. <laughs> And in that book, there's a little story about the first two of us, you know. And and in that story, story, God made this thing, and, and he made the garden, and everything in the garden was great. The plants were great, the animals were great, everything was great. They had no confusion, no problem, no trouble whatsoever until he made us. And he put us in the garden with the rest of the plants and the rest of the animals. And he made a deal with us when he put us in there. He said, you know, I'm going to take care of you just like I take care of everything else in here, providing you do my will. And he said, I'll let you operate on self-will to a certain extent, but there's one thing you absolutely cannot do. He said, don't eat the apple off that tree. If you do, you're in serious trouble. Now, the way the story goes is after a while, the snake sidled up to Eve and said, hey, Eve, why don't you guys eat that apple off that tree? And Eve said, we can't do that. The snake said, why? And Eve said, because God told us we couldn't. And the snake said, don't you realize that you guys have got self-will, that you don't have to do what he says? He said, I don't have self-will. I can't do that. But he said, you can. He said, if you want to eat that apple, you can do that. And Eve could hardly wait to tell Adam. Mm-hmm. As soon as she got to him, she run it down to him, and she said, Adam, Adam. I said, did you know we can eat that apple? And Adam said, no, we can't. And she said, yes, you can. And Adam said, what makes you think so? And she said, the snake told me we could. The snake said we had self-will. If we want to eat that apple, we can. And based on that information, Adam made a decision. Now, today we know it was a bad decision. But you can't really knock Adam for making it. It's the first decision he ever made. (laughs) And they made the decision, and they ate the apple. And after a while, God come along, and the apple's gone. And he turned to old Adam, and he said, Adam, where's the apple? Adam said, we ate it. And God said, you ate it? I told you, you couldn't do that. And Adam, she said, why did you eat that apple? And Adam spun around and pointed at Eve and said, she made me do it. <laughs> Probably he was typical alcoholic blaming it on her. <laughs> Eve might have been the world's first compulsive overeater too, who knows? And <laughs> <laughs> God said, God said, okay, you've exercised self-will. You have got to leave. He said, anything I take care of, I also direct. And those that follow my directions, I give them everything they need. But he said, if you're going to run on self-will, you're going to have to take care of yourself. He said, out you go. And he put them out of the garden. I can almost see God standing there. Tears in his eyes as they started to walk down the road. And he said, hey, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. He said, I'm going to make a deal with you guys. He said, if you get out there running on self-will, and if things ever get so bad, you just can't stand it any longer. He said, if you'll give self-will back to me, I'll put you back in the garden. And he said, I'll supply you with everything that you can ever need to be peaceful, happy, and free, providing you give me self-will back. But he said, I love you enough. That I'll let you destroy yourself on self-will if you want to. God will not take it away from us. We have to make the decision to give it back. And that covenant has been with humankind as far back as humankind can remember. It's the same today as it was 10,000 years ago. You and I are faced today with a decision. Do you want to continue running on self-will? Destroy our life as we've already done? Or do we want to try to operate on God's will? Only you make the decision. I could never have made the decision without the first part of the book. The first part of the book has given me the reasons why I need to make it. It's given me the information to allow me to make the decision. Now it's up to me whether I decide or not. It's up to you whether you decide or not. If you make the decision, then you've taken step three. If we don't make the decision, then we're stuck. At the end of step two, Joe.
2: He said, know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and that's the truth. See, it wasn't the apple in the tree. It was the pear on the ground. You got it? No. <laughs> and what was the apple? The apple was they decided to think for themselves. And I need to turn my thinking back to God, back to where they were. They were not thinking for themselves, but they made a decision to think for themselves. That's the apple. They decided to go off on their own will. So they just told us here how it works. And now he's going to tell us why it won't work. Okay? The next paragraph. He said, The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-thinking can hardly be a success. On that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. They won't, people just won't mind. Do you ever notice that? Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may be sometimes quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, modest, and, and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have a varied traits. Well, what usually happens? Well, the show doesn't come off well. He begins to think that life doesn't treat him right. He decides to insert himself more he becomes, on the next occasion, still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the place does does not suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, and self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world, if only he manages well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that in the, these things he wants, and do not the, his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not even in his best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony? You know the main problem of the alcoholic centers in the mind, not in the body, and I need to start thinking about letting God direct my thinking rather than I directing my thinking.
1: You know I remember so well as a kid growing up. Somewhere down the line as I grew up I decided what I wanted to be in life And up here in my mind, I did draw a script for me to fill in and to play the part I also decided what other people was going to be in my life And I drew a little script in my mind for the part my wife would play in this thing And I drew a little script in there for the part my children would play I also drew a little script in there for the part my co-workers would play Now the only difficulty I had is I didn't realize that they had drawn their script in their mind, and their script didn't exactly suit mine. And immediately I began to try to play out this part, and the instant I did, I ran into conflict with them because they didn't want to do what I wanted them to do. Now, rather than back off and let them do what they felt they needed to do, all I did was try to enforce my script on them and continue a problem every day for the rest of my life up until the time I came to AA always trying to force my will on other people, not only for my own good, but I thought for their own good also. And they resisted me, and the conflict was on. And I absolutely robbed myself of any possibility, of any peace of mind, period. Hell, no wonder I drank. Bill describes me exactly when he talks about the actor that wants to run the whole show. All people are like this. Some of us worse than others, but all people are like this.
0: There may be those that will accuse this episode of being overly religious, but it's not. This episode is overly spiritual because we're in that transition point. We're coming out of step two. We're coming to understand that there's something greater than ourselves. And maybe we have believed that when we were kids, or maybe we didn't, or we haven't believed it for years. And now we need to, because we cannot finish laying the foundation For this recovery, if we do not find something that is going to help us realize that we cannot and should not do this alone. And that means that we need something bigger. I need something bigger to hang on to that says, to me, it will be okay. So please, don't overanalyze this episode. It's not meant to overwhelm you. It's not meant to convert you. And if it makes you uncomfortable, maybe take a day, reflect on it, and listen to it again. Because the God of my understanding and my higher power only wants me to be healthy and happy and sober. And I would imagine and hope that it wants that for you also. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive, Joe and Charlie podcast.